Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Boys, how, how much would you want to bet that we have the only bet. time clock? Oh. We have the only time <laughs> clock in America. What was the joke? I, I said bet? Dude. <laughs> I said bet, not parlay. Oh, okay. All right. Is that a prop somewhere? If we can get a prop. Now, listen. T- you think we're the only ones with that time clock like that? Like there? That's the prince of parlay. No, our, <laughs> our new time clock. I bet oh. we have the only time clock in America that when you approach it, you have the option to watch Cobra Kai on Netflix. <laughs> Dude, I somehow hilarious. Knew there was a Cobra Kai joke coming. Yeah. Yes. Which it is a fantastic show. I love it. It's a great show. But what is the deal with that, dude? That thing. We're going digital. We we still have the, for the t- part-timers, Trey would know. Click, click. You just punch in with the clock still. Click, click. And now we're going digital where we use a tablet. But I, I just was weirded out that Netflix was on it. I, so I, I think Big Steve set it up. No, at, actually, uh, Paul set it up. Oh, well, that, that's your answer there. Because Paul is huge on Cobra Kai. Big P set it up. I mean, he wears Cobra Kai t-shirts from the show. (laughs) Eagle Eagle Fang. He he wears the Eagle Fang shirt. This is what happens when you fail to turn the screensaver off (laughs) on Windows. You know what I thought was funny? (laughs) Is, um, you know, (laughs) this guy, he's going to hate us for, you know, ragging on him. But it's okay. I owe him one. You, you do. Oh, he was he was bagging on my uh, Broncos bumper sticker in my office a little oh, while ago. So, oh god, this guy. <laughs> I just I just find it funny. Are we supposed to clock into? Like, I haven't clocked in for years, man. I don't. No. Okay. No. What am I missing? No, now? we don't. We don't clock. We don't clock. Clocking in. in. Clock I go. In. I'm here, baby. Yeah, I, I was gonna say between you and I, what good would it do? No doubt. No doubt, man. <laughs> this is the only place in my life I've ever had to physically clock in anywhere. Really? Yes. Oh, Every... listen, listen to what? you. At least you have you know a time card and all of that. I. <laughs> you don't have to you know write your hours down like we they, they used to let, do on they don't paper. Let Travion write his hours down. I've gotten in trouble before. <laughs> oh, that's true. I heard the conversation. Yeah, I, I've heard. Them Trey, say, did you lie about your hours? I no. I think they were just confused. I round up a bit. 
Yeah, so I'll be like <laughs> four to six. A- accounting differences. Wait a minute. Isn't that the Between... equivalent to overpouring as bartenders? Uh-huh. But there's also like a stealing a little bit. A little there's also been a couple times when like I'll anticipate that I did everything for one day and I didn't do it till the next day, even though it's like advance. So it was just like confusing. You know, we were talking a little earlier off the air. You, if Sherry would still be working, you'd be, you would have gotten ate up or, or bad, <laughs> dude. Also, that the size of this the little punch-in screen reminds me of the office of uh, that uh, the date party episode. Where he's like, I could just stand here for hours and watch TV. He's bragging about oh, his yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> LCD and it's the tiniest little twenty-inch screen. That thing's tiny. Well, Trey you, currently works for a company I used to work for, uh-huh. and we always like even if you're full time, you punch the clock. Mm-hmm. And um, so it just must be digital. Like they don't have the physical thing. You use the actual time card and. <laughs> You know, it makes a bunch of noise and stuff. Nice noise. Um, yeah, at shortstop, it's just the computer. And then when I worked at McDonald's, you scanned your thumb. Whoa, fancy boy. I actually oh had boy. a... If like you don't a, trust the government, you're not working there. No. <laughs> huh? No way. Here, here comes the eye scan next. Yeah, no, well, they're like, we already got... Your thumb scan. It's McDonald's, dude. You've been you've been ordering here for years, man. We got you a long time ago. Don't worry about it. And then Roadhouse had a card that you swiped. Yeah. But other than that, you worked at a place called Roadhouse, Texas Roadhouse here oh, in town. Oh, well, geez. Okay. Dang it. I was hoping. You, I was hoping it was yeah, someplace in Missouri <laughs> that this rich guy ran. He ran the whole town. <laughs> Are you gonna see the remake? Who's in it? Um, is it Gyllenhaal? Gyllenhaal. Uh, Conor McGregor's in it, too. Who is McGregor going to play? That's a good question. I don't know. He's going to he, be, be the guy that owns the uh, auto parts store? He's got to be one of the thugs. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be the Terry Funk. <laughs> Rest in right. peace, Terry <laughs> yeah, Funk. Yeah, he was right. in Roadhouse. That's right. Uh, also, speaking of rest in peace, rest. forgot to mention this yesterday. Rest in peace, Bob Barker. Mm-hmm. I was in line at the Taco Bell drive-thru, and what a place to find out that your idol passed away. Ouch. I put this on Twitter. A lot of kids growing up wanted to be cops, firefighters, doctors, movie stars, rock stars. This guy, yeah. I wanted to be Bob Barker. Ooh. Bob Barker was, he, he truly was the first hashtag my boy. Mm-hmm. When I was like two or three years old, my babysitter, the Silvas, made me a long microphone out of some materials, and I had that thing forever. I was playing pricing games with everybody in the house. <laughs> I, it was meant to be. Uh, I, it should have been me, not the butt end of a bullwhip. That's. <laughs> Did you get mad at people for like terrible guesses? That's always my always my favorite. The older oh, he got, the, the more curmudgeon he got. He would go, "Oh, come on." Man, he get mad at me. So you will be watching the special tomorrow night, then? I'll be taping it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just making also, sure you're aware. Unfortunately, I didn't get kisses on the cheek. I got pinches on the cheek. That was the worst part about it. <laughs> Guys, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from the Now Arena in Chicago, well, Illinois. They had a pay-per-view last weekend. They're going to have another pay-per-view this weekend in Chicago for All Out by the way, last Sunday, all in, Wembley Stadium, Ooh. London, England. DG, you ready for these numbers? Ready. This was the legit attendance for paid attendance. And guess what? AEW set a new world record. Paid attendance, 
81,000. Wow. And 35 fans. It was so good. They have already announced that they're coming back to Wembley Stadium next August for All In with the comp tickets that they gave out to guests and, and you know, a whole bunch of people. Sure. Uh, if you sometimes they count employees, you know, wrestling, like a lot of attendance, can be inflated, of course. For sure. If they gave us the actual legit attendance of who all was exactly in the building, it was actually over 90,000. That's a lot of people. And that, man, Wembley Stadium looks just gorgeous on TV, man. No matter what they do, their concerts, sporting events, whatever, it looks so cool, man. And it looked amazing. And by the way, AEW announced yesterday that they're going to be making its debut in Wichita for an episode of Collision, TNT's Collision, on Saturday, November 4th. That's when the Cats play at Tickets. Tickets on sale Friday. But that also means we're joined by Derek Young from KCN Online. DY, I'm sure you were just as broken up as I was about the death of Bob Barker. Did you have a favorite Price is Right game? Plinko, just like everybody else, right? <laughs> so Plinko comes in in second place for me. I was a dice game guy. Plinko second, then probably Cliffhanger Ooh, was, was in third. The giant... Dice game. That was a good one. Oh, man. Simple I, game. Yeah. But Plinko's, mm-hmm. Plinko's the answer. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the thing about Price is Right. Above and beyond everything else, it was simple. Yeah, yeah. The pieces of it were simple uh-huh. to be able to play it. Mm-hmm. There's those damn California prices, though. So they're, a little, <laughs> right? they're always a little higher than you expect. Did uh, it remain simple over time, though, like after Bob Barker? Because I just... I think I lost interest for some reason. You know, Drew Carey, he, he is he is in his comfort zone at this point. He has he has become though too repetitive. Mm. He needs more personality in the show. I don't mind him, but he's nothing close to Bob Barker. No, and it was impossible to replace Bob Barker. No, he is a fellow Ohio native, so I won't be too critical. Uh, remember <laughs> Don't make it be Drew offensive. Carey, the Drew Carey show with the, oh, the, yeah. Cleveland Rocks, the Cleveland Rocks theme? Yeah, there you go. Cleveland sucks. <laughs> okay, anyway. I don't know. I think probably WKRP in Cincinnati was probably a little bit of a bigger show, but I, I've never watched <laughs> oh, that one. Uh, Drew was, Carey. Was, that the, was yeah. that the same Cincinnati show that got Bob Huggins uh, in trouble? No. Uh, no. There can't be that many radio stations in Cincinnati. Uh, Good old WLW, home of the Cincinnati Reds. Mm -hmm. All right, Dy. Let's uh, let's get into the Cats. This is our last conversation on on uh, on the game when it comes to K State football. Before we kick off on Saturday, let's start with uh, some injury stuff here. But we got good news, and this was uh, well received from me because of USO. We got word that Daniel Green is going to play. Seth Porter should play. And then Uso, they weren't expecting this, but he's going to be back at practice this week. So that's good news because I was worried he wasn't, obviously, like everybody else. But there's so much hype about him. i got to see him play as soon as we can. Yeah, I think it's excitement for, for wanting to see him on the field more than anything, right? Because if he, if he were to miss the SEMO game only, and I still think that's probably on the table, I just don't think that's a huge issue, but I would like to at least see him get his feet wet against Troy before, you know, ultimately jumping on the field against Missouri. It, it's going to be a long week next week for me, by the way. My ears oh, just perk up every time. <laughs> <laughs> what's your middle name? Uh, what, what's that, Derek? 
I said, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Uh, and this is nothing against you. I don't think they're as good this year as they were last year. <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're even better. <laughs> Man, Troy sucks. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, Troy yeah. is very, mm-hmm. very overrated. You can't wait to beat the heck out of Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> talk about the team or Troy over there. Hey, well, yeah. 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 find out soon. <laughs> uh, so... This, this to me is very intriguing, and that is the or uh, at backup quarterback. And DG and I yesterday, I mean, we went back and forth on this one about the scenario and how it would play out, what the coaches should do. And and I'll, I'll bring this question to you, D.Y., and give, get your opinion. And as there could be a lot of like that, you know, on-the-spot opinion type of questions today. But it's between Avery Johnson, of course, and Jake Rubley. So if we see something – very unfortunate happened to Will Howard, and it's to the point where you he may miss a game or two or maybe more. In what direction do you think K-State should go? Should they go with Jake Rubley, who has very little experience, but he's in the program for three years, or Avery Johnson, who's the newbie, but obviously has been highly touted this preseason? Yeah, you're right. You're putting me on the spot here. and You're kind of putting me on the spot without really seeing these guys ever – play college football <laughs> definitely without Avery Johnson playing college football so it's almost impossible to re-answer it would look if Avery Johnson understands this thing enough to be a, a you know good enough quarterback I'd probably go with him like if it's close between he and Jake Rubley I would just go with him um I guess when it comes down to here's my thought process my whole approach to this is I wouldn't worry, what regardless of what they do, I just wouldn't worry about the redshirt ultimately. I think those things have a way of figuring themselves out just like it figured itself out last year with Will Howard. God, he's getting so much NIL now these days. And I'm like, you know, with, with, with Avery Johnson and where he's at, like I, I know he hasn't played it down yet, but he's so talented and, you know, the offense here's, Go ahead. here's my takeaway from the depth chart thing that just came to my mind. And I've said it, you know, on, on my podcast in different forms of what I write and what I say. Here's here's my ultimate takeaway. And I don't know what it means, but it means something. And I know that's not saying a whole lot, but I've said this. It would have been easy for them to not include Avery Johnson on the depth chart. No one would have thought twice about it, especially since Colin Klein ultimately said it what to about two weeks ago, 10 days, two weeks ago, that Jake Rubley was the number two quarterback and probably had separated himself enough to do that. So they had the out. They had the opportunity and freedom without being criticized to just put on the depth chart, number one, Will Howard, number two, Jake Rubley, and not include Avery Johnson. I mean, that was there for the taking, and they wouldn't have been criticized for it and wouldn't have been second-guessed for it. I think that's what everyone was kind of expecting just because of what – Coach Klein had said, you know, previously. So they had the opportunity to do that, and they didn't take it, and they still included Avery Johnson on it. Now, what that means, you know, in detail, I don't know, but I think it means something. In different words, I mean, that's pretty much what I said to DG yesterday. The or was the whole story for me about why I would predict the coaches, if they needed W's, serious snaps, Will's out for a little while, they would lean going towards Avery Johnson to, to be their guy. It would not be surprising, but you're right. Like They could have just avoided that whole thing. Jake Ribley's the easy number two, but I think he's impressed the coaching staff more than we know uh, in this preseason, and they're that confident. 
I, I think so. Now, I, I still would be curious to see where he is from just being a quarterback standpoint. You know, like, there there's a whole lot more. There's 80 million times more to being a quarterback than you or I will ever know. And it's hard. It is really hard, especially at this level. And there's so much you have to know that it's impossible to know it all at this age. So I am still curious how far along he is in that area and what it would look like in that department right out of the gate. But we know he's a super athlete and we know that he can make things happen one way or another. I mean, heck, one of the, I thought one of the more powerful quotes, and it was kind of a throwaway quote, but sometimes those throwaway quotes are the ones you need to listen to the most. It's almost a little bit under the breath, a little bit. Will Howard, when we were interviewing him after a practice and from the backdrop, it was on the field at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. So it was that particular press availability where he said he, he joked. I don't know if he joked with Colin Klein or he joked with Chris Kleiman when he was off to the side just watching, I, I assume, the backups play, that every time Avery Johnson touches the ball, it's a touchdown. I mean, that perks my ears up a little bit because that's a strong statement about a backup quarterback from the starting quarterback. We can avoid all this debate if Will uh, just stays healthy mm-hmm. all year. And uh, yeah. it's been a long time since a quarterback has stayed healthy for an entire season for K-State, so hopefully that becomes I bet, true. I bet three quarterbacks play on Saturday. Uh, assuming they take care of business on the scoreboard, I think we see all three quarterbacks. It, Avery's one of them? Yes, I think it'll be... I don't know what order, but obviously Will Howard be first. But I think we see both Jake Ribley and Avery Johnson, assuming Kansas State's taking care of the scoreboard the way that they're supposed to. Uh, one more question for the break. Uh, this was a question actually on K-State Online today. It was Drew that put the story up there, and that's about the running backs. That's, that's a really tough one to just kind of – speaking of a hard one to predict of, you know, if you were to just game by game try to pick which running back is going to be the leading rusher game in and game out – I. Don't have a clue. It could be either way every single day, even if you try to predict who's the leading rusher at the end of the year. No clue. You you could take an educated guess if you want, but at the end of the day, it is a coin flip. At least it feels that way. Unless you feel a different way, D.Y. No, it's a coin flip, and I bet it's different almost every game. I bet it goes back and forth, and and even probably the distribution and, and how they kind of you know split those touches up. How, how do you do it? I think it's it's tough. I think it's a tough thing for them to do that they're going to have to navigate because not only are you navigating touches of what helps Kansas State in what certain situation, but let's face it, you know, you're also navigating egos still, and they're probably navigating egos from time to time in the quarterback room and in the running back room. And that's not to say that there's any bad apples there. I don't think there's any at all. I think it's probably you know, two really strong position rooms that have a lot of respect for one another and all they care about is winning at this point because of what time it is on the calendar. I don't think it's that. But, you know, DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward, they both know that they're studs and they want the ball as much as they can. So they, they got to navigate that portion of it, of it too. But, you know, my inclination, at least in the first couple games, would be to say I would anticipate maybe a little bit more production from DJ Giddens just because he's been there, he's been in it a little bit longer. Treshawn Ward, you know, was a transfer just this past year. All the world of potential, world of talent, and I think he's going to have a great season. But you know, he didn't play in spring ball either, so maybe it takes him a couple games to really get into the full swing. At least that's where I would lean. And then so that 
for the non-conference portion, and maybe Trajan work, you know, blows me away, and it's not this. But for the non-conference portion, I would imagine DJ Gins, if you, if you're putting me up to you know, making me make a decision, I would say he's a step ahead. Let's take a break. We got one more segment with Derek Young from Case in Online, and then on the other side, we'll talk questions remaining with the wide receivers and secondary. Where DY finds the most fascinating depth when it comes to a position group and the players he's looking forward to watching the most on Saturday next. Hour one of the game continues. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G in studio. Travion Berkland is on our board today. And we're joined once again via the Zoom. Derek Young from K-State Online. DUI, we continue the discussion about the Cats opening up the season Saturday against SEMO. 6.02 is the official kickoff time at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. This was another debate that DG and I, I had yesterday. That is... Khalid Duke jumping in at defensive end once again to replace Felix and Udike Uzama. I think Khalid is can absolutely be just as good as Felix statistically. DG does it does not have him going that far when it comes to his success this year. Which way do you lean? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I think Felix Anidike Uzama is the better player between the two from a defensive end standpoint. I do think it's possible, uh, maybe even a little bit more than possible, that Khalid Duke has more sacks hmm. than Felix Anidike Uzama did last year. And that's just because Felix, again, better player, more of the everything you need combination of you know, flexibility, size, strength, power, speed. He's got that. But in terms of just getting after it, exploding off the ball and finding a way to the quarterback, Khalid Duke's probably a little bit better in that department. So now after we've heard everything said from the press conferences, all the coaches talking, the players talking, we knew we, we already knew. The the biggest questions probably at wide receiver, of course, it's secondary with what's being replaced, and you know some depth questions as well. Are you still left with some questions about those two spots after seeing the two deep? Yeah, maybe I'm interested in how things unwind on that second unit at wide receiver, but I tend to have whether it's blindly loyal or just a strong belief. I continue. To, I actually have some faith in that first unit at wide receiver, and I thought, for the most part, it was probably 
a group that was fairly underrated last year. You talk about Philip Brooks, Malik Nolson, Cade Warner. I think they they have their limitations, but I think they were strong, strong enough, strong enough to win a Big Twelve championship. Uh, potentially even better group on that first team this year. Of course, you bring Philip Brooks back, but I think Keegan Johnson, his upside is probably more than the Malik Knowles just because of all the juice that he's got to him and has a knack for some of the things that kind of, you know, I guess held Malik Knowles back. I think Cade Warner, heck of a football player, um, he brought a lot to Kansas State to win a Big 12 championship. But in terms of athleticism and upside, give me R.J. Garcia between the two. So uh, obviously there's some things that R.J. Garcia won't do that Cade Warner did a year ago that was pretty critical. But there's also some things that he can do to boost Kansas State that Cade Warner just wasn't capable of. So there's a little bit of trade-off on both ends of the spectrum there. But just from you know, going and getting the ball and making things happen with the ball in your hands, give me R.J. Garcia over Cade Warner. So in a way, I think that the receiver group can be improved beyond last year's. It's just how much do they need that second group? Who does it ultimately be? And what can they do? Um, and how much do they need from them? Uh, last year, they didn't need much from the second group of wide receivers. So that's a question. Uh a little bit more unknown in the secondary. I think from the safety spot, I, I sense just a, a very calm uh, confidence from the coaches and teammates about what they are going to get there uh, because you have Marquis Siegel, who's you know an older player that probably gets it and can kind of really make that transition pretty quickly. You have VJ Payne, who started four games as a true freshman, so he's not as green as what someone his age would typically be. And Kobe Savage is a stunt, so... But what do you have behind them? I think that's what we're going to find out in the non-conference portion. At corner is probably even more of a question because that is a spot where they return zero starts. Um, not one guy has ever started a game of cornerback that's on the Kansas State roster at this moment. So that'll be interesting. With that being said, you have Will Lee, who is a little bit of a Julius Brents clone with NFL upside, and Jacob Parrish, who is said to have the best training camp of any Kansas State player. So they're... There are questions, but there's a lot of upside and things to be excited about as well. What position group, when it comes to the two deep, has you the most excited about what it can be? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say, see, intrigued would be corner because there's so much that we don't know because we haven't seen a ton of Jacob Parrish. And Will Lee is a guy that could just be outstanding. Excited? You know, I almost want to say linebacker just because I think Austin Moore is all Big 12, first team all Big 12 potential. I think Daniel Green's first team all Big 12 potential. I think Desmond Parnell, the way they talk about him, he might be first or second team all Big 12 potential. I think they have three bona fide starters at linebacker between those three. I think they have a guy that they absolutely trust and think he would start on a lot of other Big 12 teams and Jake Clifton. And I think they got rats one of the better true freshmen in the entire big 12 the way they talk about him and how highly ranked he was as a high school recruit how quickly he's kind of adapted to the system he looks like a million bucks and that's asa newsom a guy that's already number two on the depth chart and a guy that they're already saying is important to their success this year because he's going to spell austin moore at the will linebacker spot and i can't wait to see him either so um 
linebacker comes to mind. Now, offensive line makes a lot of sense too. You bring back a ton of starters, six if you count Christian Duffy, not even though he's being he's injured right now, and Taylor Portier is back from injury. So it's and then you have guys behind them that you really really like, like Andrew Lyngang and Carver Willis, who's going to start at right tackle and played a lot during 2020. So offensive line makes a lot of sense. That's probably that or running back or even quarterbacks, probably what you point to on offense. But I mean, linebacker, just because they've kind of had to put it together with duct tape the last few years and done it with smoke and mirrors at times, uh, just how different they're going to feel at linebacker this year compared to what they have in the past. Yeah, linebacker's my answer too. Toby Austin saw me after getting couple of yeah, chances at I mean in in special teams you know started to call his name a little bit now hopefully we'll get some time at linebacker more time at linebacker yeah. Jake Clifton can play any position and Asa Newsome he is on absolutely on my radar for the next hashtag my boy I, th- I mean when's the last time they had three young linebackers that had people excited and were as talented as Asa Newsome Jake Clifton and Toby Osinsami and because the room is so good right now, none of the three are starting. So, I mean, that's that's a powerful statement. Wasn't it last year even that the linebacking room looked a little thin? There we yeah. had some transfers, and now I mean, look at it's got all kinds of guys in there. Yeah, well, yeah, Clee Duke playing Sam linebacker last year because it was kind of a little bit out of necessity. You want to get your best eleven on the field, and obviously you had Felix and Nate Matlack and Brendan Mott. So it's like let's let's play Duke at Sam linebacker. And, and his backup was a guy we didn't really know yet that's now a starter, and it's a really good one. And Desmond Purnell, Daniel Green got banged up, and they kind of had to rely on a, a, a former walk-on or was a current walk-on and, and Nick Allen, who, you know, a really good ball player, but he had his limitations. And then Austin Moore was a first-year starter last year that nobody really knew about, and obviously he became a stud even though he kind of wore down towards the end. And I expect him to be – completely you know outstanding you know from start to finish this year with that behind him but even him you know the depth behind him was kind of minimal so it's really flipped the page turned the page and, and kind of turned upside down and, and become an area of strength for kansas state now and it's you know a credit to what they've done from a recruiting standpoint i mean some of that's i mean all those guys we just talked about and we didn't even mention the two that they got from the junior college ranks that are newcomers as well I think in many ways you've answered the question of who you're looking to, looking forward to seeing the most play. Um, we've we've gone through a lot of names. There's one more name I want to bring up. Uh, last kind of preview question heading into the game Saturday. Where are you at right now on Chris Tennant once again jumping back into the role as the starting kicker? That's a great question, and there's some consternation among the fan base. I know maybe even amongst you know some of the folks that cover Kansas State on a regular basis, and it's deserved. Um, Chris Tennant lost his job in the middle of last season and deservedly so because he was struggling. And then obviously Ty Zenner took it from there and never missed another field goal. And, and the rest is history. But I believe because of his talent, he's one of the most talented kickers to ever come to the Kansas state program. And because of how massive his leg is that I think he's more than deserving of a second chance. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this roster that have been given a second chance after some initial struggles and turned out to be outstanding football players with Will Howard being one of them. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if Chris Tennant becomes the latest example of that. All right, D.Y., to wrap up, uh, you, you made a big announcement on Twitter yesterday. There was an addition to your staff. You went to the transfer portal to fill a hole, <laughs> and you yeah. found Mason Voth from EMA uh, Online. You know, I, 
I, I do, you know, my warning signals went up. I was thinking maybe there was some Red tampering flag. involved. Red flags. Uh, but uh, I was going to say your experience with them. If you if you had any red flags to share, if I, I should have yeah. consulted in you beforehand. Oh boy! I don't know. All of a sudden, he had a kid and stopped showing up to things. <laughs> so uh, that might be a red flag. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> blame the baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's a, that's a new low for you, Mitch. <laughs> I mean, I call it like I see. It. <laughs> he even said, "New baby coming." I'm not going anywhere for a while. Uh, although so, still so, pumping so up we're, content. We're, yeah, we're, we're we're criticizing his uh, his attendance, uh, but not his model fatherhood. How about that? <laughs> well, right. I I think it's going pretty well so far. I've seen some pictures on social media, and the the kid looks healthy, thriving, doing well. Mommy and daddy love her. Um, but it's in good hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what? You know, Macy can be a little bit of a loose cannon at times, but maybe <sighs> that's a good thing. He'll be in Manhattan on Saturday. He's going to break in the season. Well, congratulations to uh, – and I, I made the comparison as like the NWO forming 96 Bash at the Beach when Hulk Hogan <laughs> oh turned heel. And uh, it's the new world order of uh, K-State Media. But with that, D.Y., uh, I'll, I'll leave you with that. That's all I got for you. And we'll talk to you Saturday for PowerCat Game Day. See you then. Derek Young, K-State Online, PowerCat Game Day. He'll join Cole Manbeck and myself this Saturday, 2 o'clock is the official beginning, the 28th season of Power Cat Game Day. Really? I asked Matt. Wow. I saw Matt at the press conference, and I and I caught him before he left. And I was like, Matt, what season would this be? He's like, well, we started in 96. Damn. So I did the math. I was like, 28 seasons. That's crazy. Jeez Louise. This is just my second. No doubt. Wow, that's awesome. All right, let's take a break. More of the game is next. Continue with hour one of the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berklin, who has taken 18 credit hours this semester. <laughs> yeah, what? And can only join us on Wednesdays and Thursdays. By the way, I got papers for you. I forgot to give this oh, to you. Oh, heck yeah, bruh. About what we're doing today. 510, we'll talk with the voice of the Red Hawks, Eric Sean, who will help us break down the Red Hawks of Southeast Missouri, who will be in town Saturday. And have we? Have you guys talked about it? The connection of the head coach. Oh yeah. Okay. Never mind. Well, I forget how to pronounce his last name. Well, I don't know if we Turkalewski. Eric and I talked about it a little bit. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of connections, really. I mean, mm-hmm. Brad Corn is the men's basketball coach. He used to be an assistant with Bruce Weber. Yep. <laughs> the the you know CMO's head coach of football is from Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, you know Bill Snyder was a big influence on him. Yep. Uh, the linebackers coach actually spent a tiny bit of time in Green, Kansas. I'm just kidding. I <laughs> Good Pottawatomie County reference, though. Well, well done. No, no that's well, in Clay. That's a that's Clay, Clay County. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wrong Any, direction. Anytime I can sprinkle in a little Clay County action uh-huh. and see if Mitch falls for it, it, it makes my day. Uh, Clay County, where I get to go work on my tan Friday night. Oh, yeah, is I that got the, the bad new- news? Yeah, I got the news that. Uh, the press box, even though it's brand new, a little bit too small up there in Clay Center to uh, 
accommodate two broadcasting crews because they also have a streaming crew. I guess there's going to be some students calling the game on the stream. Manhattan does it. Uh, a lot of high schools do it now. Right, and that's great, but it's the, the younger kids should be the ones in the elements. 100%. Yeah, no. 100%. Uh, hey, guys. Could be an, it could be an equipment thing as well, but I 100% agree. <laughs> the yep. all-time, though, does remain when I called a 4A state championship at Invesco Field in Denver, literally from the replay booth. <laughs> because of the spacing for radio that day. Wow. So here I am in the in this booth with all of these monitors off to my side. Yeah. And I just felt awkward. Yeah. You know? You're, you're in this official NFL booth. <laughs> you get to look behind the curtain and you're like, it's not that interesting. I thought it'd no, be cool. No, it, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. What was cool, actually, I called some baseball games at TCU Stadium. K-State played there against San Francisco. They had a relocated three-game series because of winter winter weather, whatever. And their their uh, their uh, booth had actual like microphones built into the desk. Whoa. It was like microphones that we're using. Mm-hmm. It's like these kind of microphones. I was like, you know what? This is actually this feels more yep. professional for sure. Wow. That's like, nice. I don't have to wear a headset. Like it's just right there in front of me. I just speak right into the microphone. Wow. That's awesome. You know. I'll tell you Headphones what, are optional. Shout well, out to Rock Creek. The Rock has a really nice press like area. Yes, it does. Uh, that is really nice for high school. We get treated very well. Uh-huh. We do get treated very well uh-huh. by our area perches. For sure. Everybody's always happy to see you when you show also up. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. It's cool. Uh, the first game of the week on B1047 is Wamigo at Clay Center. Of course, Friday night here on K-Man, it's one versus two in 6A. Ooh. Manhattan once again hosting Derby at Bishop. I have had to fill in a little bit on B uh, this past week, um, last week. And I want to say, and I want to say it here too, the folks that tune in to the Carpawana Manhattan game of the week on B, you are fortunate. Oh, Troy is fantastic, and Troy was the voice of UNC for how many seasons? Close to eighteen, yeah. Eight. Yeah. I mean, this is not a the drop in the bucket kind of thing. This is amazing, oh. and he is calling games on B one zero four seven every Friday night. He's so good at what he does. Tune in. Also, then tune when you get mad at him for saying something. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then turn it over. <laughs> to K, right here to K Man for Mitch. Yep. You're really great at it too, man. You are fantastic at what you do, and I think that the, the one two combo that we got going on for Northeast Kansas high school football is unmatched, man. Troy just won the the, yeah. the KAB for first place for for play by play. He did because he's awesome. I didn't win anything. Oh god, because I didn't submit anything. Oof. Um, so this is Troy awkward. forgot to remind me, and I think he did it on purpose so he could win. Oh, is that true? oh, is that how we're going to pull the blame game here? Okay, is that true? I forget no. every year, so no. it's yeah, <laughs> see, I, it's he has no one to blame but yeah. himself. I remember he did go, Hey, put KB in, KB in, okay, oh, uh, huh, put your KB in, headlights <laughs> today. What happened? It's fine, no, really. If they are fortunate, the, it's Wamigo at Clay Center, right? Yes, it this, is. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys Brand new stadium in Clay being debuted. Well, they should have thought about it. Never yeah. mind. Probably you know top We're two, not going to go there. Probably top two teens in NCKL as well. Uh, a couple of things here before we take our last break of the hour. 
Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, Echo Boydo did make it through waivers, so the Chiefs have added him to the practice squad. Whew. Not right now in any sort of chance to play quite yet. I mean, it, it's still it's probably at least four deep right now in the active roster. I didn't see how many corners they they put on the uh, the fifty three man roster. But well, you never picked know. Up, picked up one today uh, off of waivers from the Colts. Oh, I didn't. Ah. So there's. Yeah, there's still that maneuvering going on. And with Charles Aminihue suspended, Felix, of course, made the cut. Chances are he uh, could definitely start that Thursday nighter against the Lions. We'll see right once on. we get there. Meanwhile, Mel Kuyper has released his updated, you know, like the uh, best available by position for 2024 draft. And he says that K-State's Cooper Beebe is the best guard. Wow. Wow. But it doesn't stop there. Ben Sennett is the third best uh, tight end. No way. Third best tight end available for the draft preseason. Damn. Just a sign of why I'm so high on Ben Sennett being a really big deal this year. Yeah. Uh, because I want absolute lights out play if it's going to be his final year. Talking right, you know, Rushmore, Mount Rushmore type of season for Ben Sennett, yeah. no doubt. Let's take a break. We'll finish hour one when we come back. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Just enjoy it. Hey, the first Chris Kleiman show is airing tonight at seven o'clock. Chris Kleiman and Wyatt Thompson. He's looking. He's looking. He's hey, digging. I want to shout out K-State soccer for just a moment because not one but two K-State soccer players land on the Big 12 Weekly Awards. I want to give a shout out to K-State's Murphy Sheaf, who has set a new program record for 350 consecutive minutes of shutout soccer. She is the goalkeeper of the week. And by the way, Joe sees a goal and an assist last week against UTSA. We're talking true freshman here, guys. Wow. Yes. True freshman. Sheaf is a sophomore. She is a newcomer as well. Young talent on this K-State soccer team. By the way, they play at Vanderbilt tomorrow night let's get it so and their nebraska match has been pushed back on sunday yeah sunday eight o'clock that vanderbilt matchup tomorrow is at seven that's going to be on sec network plus it's basically espn plus right correct you can find it there come on all this sec anyway um (laughs) hour two guys we got a busy hour two with the number one song of the day and ask us anything my top 10 list i have one for this week and we're going to preview the red hawks of sema with eric sean next here comes your local news.